0: Hi everyone. This is Katherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 72. And tonight we are going to break down the Oscars. And before we do anything, we're going to have to skip to the end so we can just freak out about what the hell went on at the ending. <gasps> I saw that and I thought, oh God, please let this be a stunt. Please let everybody I wanted it to be a stunt. This. Please, please don't let an entire group of movie makers have just found out that they lost. The Oscar after thinking that they had won. And I just, oh. They no. all had time to give their acceptance speech. I Ugh. just, and it's awful. And of course, Warren Beatty, it's not his fault. He was trying. No. He knew something was up, but he, yes, didn't, he, did. he didn't know what to do about it. I mean, how often do they hand the wrong envelope to people? So I. I mean, what are you going to do? It just, I guess it is what it is. It's just, it's, yeah. it's a really rotten way to do it, but way to go to Moonlight for winning. And way yes. to go to La La Land for winning a lot of other Oscars. <laughs> they Yes, they, they did very, both of them won lots of awards over the course of the evening, and that's fine. It's funny that a coworker had mentioned today, she had said, can you imagine what it would have been like if they had done it in the opposite direction? If they had accidentally announced Moonlight one, and then they came back and said, "No, no, no, wait, 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 it was Lava Land." Can you oh, imagine? It, they, everyone probably would still be losing their minds about that. Oh God, yes, yeah. If you're, if it's going to happen, this is the way for it to happen. It really and is. I, but I have heard people say that they thought it was politics that got Moonlight the win. I've I heard honest, that too. I can't. I can't judge. I didn't see either of them. Only one of the Best Picture uh, nominees that I saw was Arrival, and I really liked that one. Yes, and Arrival only got the one award, but. At least still got something so now we can call it the Oscar award winning movie arrival yes, so well, that's we can, fun we can also call suicide squad the oscar <laughs> no. winning suicide squad which really <laughs> uh, not quite as bad but we can also call the jungle book the award winning and i'm like eh, it wasn't bad like i know Leland on movie issues had a lot of issues with it but um i didn't i didn't think it was terrible but i didn't think it needed to get visual effects over arrival it really didn't Some of the people who got visual effects nominations, Arrival, Doctor Strange, and Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. And um, Kubo and the Two Strings, which I don't believe ended up winning anything. But I'm like... I don't know. I guess I don't understand the category of visual effects enough. Kubo and the Two Strings needs to be over in animation and it needs to stay there. You know? yeah. We don't need to have it up against. It was up for the best animated uh, movie, so, which I need yeah. to see that and I need to see all the other ones. The only one of the best animated movies, uh, full-length movies that I saw was Zootopia. And I was not at all disappointed that they got the award for that because I thought it was really good. Now, yes for the animated short film, I was not at all surprised that Piper got it because, you know, I kind of would have liked Pear Cider and Cigarettes to get that one just because I thought it was a much more in-depth story. However, Piper, every single frame of that animation, every single element of every single part of that, the shine in the eyes and the angle of the feathers and everything, it was all perfect there wasn't one flaw in that little movie so yeah they nope. got it it deserved to win something i just thought pear cider and cigarettes was a Better story. Yes, I went to an Oscar watching party, though most of the time I was tweeting because I was live tweeting the thing. But I had brought a thing of Wider's pear cider just because I was really hoping that pear cider and cigarettes would get it, and it didn't. But hey, I have pear cider. Yeah, so. How is it anyway? Well, it's good. I think I like it a little bit better than a lot of the apple ciders because it doesn't have quite the same, like, tangy cloyingness that some of the apple ciders can get. So I, it's got, like, a sharper taste. I enjoy right, it. Right. So um, for the other things, I just tonight, since Netflix has it splashed all over for you to watch it streaming, finally saw the short documentary film White Helmets tonight. And that was... I mean, we just, we hear about stuff going in other parts of the world, but I think a lot of people just don't know what it looks like. And the fact that in this one area that the White Helmets were helping, there were 200 airstrikes in one day. And every one of those airstrikes... Every one of those airstrikes would take out a neighborhood. So, I mean, they've helped thousands of people. They've also lost thousands of people who get, you know, killed. Because sometimes these guys get targeted because they're helping when the people who are sending the airstrikes are trying to demoralize everybody. So the helpers are not looked upon kindly. So no. it's, yeah, it's a good, but it's it's neat because you just really get to see them as people. And it just, it really kind of brings home the whole scope of the problem and how awful it is that's going on and how not helpful it is to bomb civilians, guys. yes yeah, yes, yeah, just yeah. not interesting that the filmmaker did not show up for the awards because of the protest against the, Refugee ban, travel yeah, the, so tra- the was, travel ban, basically, which is yes. still all the countries that were banned from having people arrive in the first ban. In the revamped ban, they're also included. It's the same countries. I'm like, well, yeah, exactly. You know, I don't, I don't see how that helps. And there were a lot of people that were talking uh, at the Oscars about how art is a global phenomenon it reaches across cultures and this whole idea about signaling out this one area and saying not acceptable is not helping no absolutely there was a lot of politics this year i thought jimmy kimmel was really riding it very hard but he said at the beginning of the uh, oscars that you know they had thought that maybe the oscars could be a thing to bring people together and he's like i'm not that brave heart you know that's that's (laughs) not me entirely sure that all that is helpful either. I no. mean, basically, the Oscars were all about alienating anybody who didn't agree with Jimmy Kimmel's point of view. Pretty much, he was saying F you, and you're not going to enjoy the Oscars. And I'm like, that's that's probably not helping either. Yeah, and psh, yeah, of course... With the whole flub that happened in the end, I think there's been like one off the record comment by President Trump saying that the reason why they messed up was because they were spending so much time focusing on President Trump, which uh, I think that's overstating things a little bit. But, you know, when isn't it about President Trump? But True, true. Though I do remember thinking that when the gaffe happened, just, it was so uncomfortable to watch. I remember thinking, sirens, maybe no. sirens, no. everybody drink. Um <laughs> I remember thinking you spent all this time making fun of Trump and then you do something that is just so ridiculously awful and you have just made yourself this giant target. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm like, that's, maybe don't be too smug. It could come around and bite you in the ass. Yeah, because I was watching this the whole time and thinking, oh boy, the media's going to be talking about this. Oh, the media's going to be talking about that and then it gets to the end and, no, that's what we're going to be talking about now. That's that's what we're talking about. Once again, we're kind of distracted by trivialities. But, I mean, the people whose fault it was... Did you hear the explanation for why it happened? Had you um, read up on that? Now, other than the fact that they did, honest to God, hand Warren Baby the wrong envelope. Yeah, apparently all of the... And it's so high security, because, you know, it's just like a... I mean, Vegas has odds on who's going to win the Oscars. So it's a very, very carefully kept secret. There are... Two briefcases with the envelopes in it because they have people on either side of the stage to hand an envelope to someone when they walk on stage depending on whatever side they're going to be entering the stage from and um what they're supposed to do is they hand them one envelope and then they take the other envelope and get rid of it and they just didn't get rid of the second envelope for emma stone and Lala La land so that's the one that he got so uh, wrong pile picked from the wrong pile apparently yeah, so that's well, not it, his fault it, but it happens but you know there were some humorous comments about that of course this is a reunion of bonnie and clyde so someone. Call- <laughs> This is what happens when you have bank robbers handing out the Oscars. Well, then you've got Ryan Gosling, who's in the audience, and there's a lot of great reaction shots. I mean, because, you know, here in the front couple rows, you have the absolute biggest stars that everybody's going to recognize, and they're all just as flabbergasted as anybody else. And Ryan goslings I think he's up on stage when the announcement was made that, you know... La La Land did not actually win the Oscar, and he's actually kind of giggling about it. <laughs> and somebody put eh. the meme up there, and it was like, lol, switch the envelopes. So <laughs> just, just point at Ryan Gosling for that one. But Also with the uh, with the funny stuff, that whole bit with trolling Matt Damon when he was up there trying to hand out an award. Oh my God. That was so Oh, funny. that was great. Kimmel was just messing with him, and they did that whole, you know, Famous people getting up and talking about which classic movie really inspired them. So Kimmel decides to troll Matt Damon with uh, talking about We Bought a Zoo, which I understand is either really bad or just kind of forgettable. (laughs) You know, Matt Damon movie. So, you know, Kimmel's playing it up as being all serious. And then he and... Ben Affleck are standing up to announce the next award and the announcement says, is Ben Affleck and guest? <laughs> <laughs> Matt Damon's rolling his eyes. Ben Affleck is messing with him as well. Ben Affleck starts talking Matt Damon starts talking, the music starts playing, the hurry up and get off the stage music, and it kept happening, and it was just, it didn't stop being funny. No, and then it's just icing on the cake when it pans down to where the musicians are down in the pit, and you've got Kimmel up on the podium directing the musicians, like, just a little longer, hold it for a little bit longer. You know, it was It was awesome. <laughs> That was really funny. Matt Damon was a really... I think he was an excellent sport about it. He it is. Was funny. I mean, apparently, they, they've had this rivalry going on between uh, Damon and Kimmel for a while now, and they're all playing oh, it no. up as funny. So, I did actually see La La Land, and I... It was great that it got best song and best score because it was catchy. And I had listened to a lot of those songs before I saw the movie and I'm like, oh, well, they're fine. But, you know, that's the thing with musicals. They don't really mean anything until you see them with the movie. So it I, I like them a lot more now. Okay, well, I need to see it. I need to see a lot of the best of uh, movies and maybe a lot of the other movies, too. Because at this point, I think I have saw Arrival and Zootopia and... The uh, shorts, the the animated shorts, and that was pretty much it. So that was kind of sad. I should have watched a few more than that. I did see Deepwater Horizon, and that is an amazing, excellent, technically brilliant movie that actually gets to the point where the explosions and, and it's not just explosions. I like me some explosions; those are fun. It's just the violence of what was happening to that rig was so intense. I felt like I had to take a step away from it and then once I kind of checked out for the movie, they didn't really get me back into it. So it was just kinda yeah, it, it was really, really amazing and I thought everybody did a wonderful job. And if it had gotten like best visual effects, I would have I would have said, Yeah, that's fair, I'll take it, but you know. And when it came to the Deepwater Horizon, those kind of movies always make me feel a little because it's based on people that really died. And you have to wonder what maybe the people who are related to some of the folks who were killed horribly in that think about this great big blockbuster movie showing, you know, all the splashy ways that they die. Which brings me to the O.J. Simpson documentary, Made in America, which won the award. And great, that's another one I need to see. But we were talking with David and... He had really, you know, thought that was great, the whole documentary and how well they did and everything. And then he saw an interview with Ron Goldman's father, and they were talking with him about that and about the series that has been done, the the Dramatized series that was done about the whole O.J. Simpson thing, and... Ron Goldman's father was saying, oh yeah, this is great. I mean, every few years someone decides to make another movie and I get to relive all this or, or something to that effect. It's like, right. Yeah, that it just, it can't be, but which is why I was really glad when they paid tribute to Nicole Simpson and Ron Goldman when they accepted the award. I mean, that was, yeah they're the reason why all of this is happening. We need to not forget that they're very, very important, that it's not just all right. about OJ Simpson and his trial and the slow moving Bronco and all that. Right. Well, the guy who did the pear cider and cigarettes movie, he said he actually talked with, the family of Techno. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to kind of tell them that he was going to be doing this. And I think from the way he sounded in an interview about it, that they were maybe a little on the fence about it, but they were slightly less on the fence when it got nominated for an Oscar. So that kind of makes a bit of a difference, I guess. So I still want to see if there's some way to watch that afterwards. I I think you can maybe rent it on Vimeo or something. But other than that, not too many places to, to see those. I just, I love all different kinds of anime but with the shorts it can be kind of hard to get hold of them afterwards you know after the whole you know somebody will air it live in a theater beforehand but then afterwards what do you do with a whole bunch of 20 to 30 minute episodes of things done by completely different people if you wait for somebody to put out a compilation of oscar-nominated shorts yes I'm, i'm sure that's a thing that exists somebody do that let's get on that yes but at this point, I mean, we can't really say much anything else because we haven't seen all that many movies. And so we're just like, oh, I think it's awesome that, you know, she got it for Fences. And I thought she was awesome that she got it for La La Land or, or Moonlight or any of these other movies that I didn't actually see. So, you know, that'll finish us up for the Oscars for this year. But we've got a lot of content. Yep. If you're interested in seeing uh, reviews of a lot of these different movies, definitely check out the Geek because Elizabeth compiled all of the nominations (laughs) and linked them to reviews that we were able to do on pixelated geek. So good resource. there. That was fun. Yeah. And also a shout out to all of our guest columnists this, uh, this year, we had quite a few people chiming in on the various movies. We managed to cover, all of the, I think, all of the Best Picture nominations and Best Editing nominations randomly, so it was kind of cool that we covered a bunch of categories. It was neat. Yeah, we didn't get everything, but we certainly got more than we would have with all of our uh, guest reviewers out there. So that's really all we can talk about the Oscars, but we did want to mention about Lucifer, which Catherine has been watching and I have not, but you've actually sat down and made yourself watch the entire first season and into the second. Yep, I've so far watched five episodes into the second season i can't stop watching it i think uh you know tom ellis of course is very nice to look at but it's just because you had mentioned oh wow now maybe i want to watch this i'm like okay it's really manipulative and it's really heavy Ah. on the tropes i mean every single buddy cop tv show stereotype that you can think of is there and I mean, I actually went through TV right. tropes, and I figured we could uh, try something here. Okay, so see if we can do the, uh, the guess the trope or use the trope to uh, guess what happens. So you've got okay. uh, Mazikeen, who is uh, Lucifer's hench demon. And you also have Amenadiel, who is the angel who has been sent to bring Lucifer back to hell and get everything back in order. So Mazikeen, Amenadiel totally polar opposites, have nothing in common, no loyal to each other whatsoever. What do you think happens? They totally have sex. They do. They really, really. Yes. Do. Okay. Yes. Okay. Got that one. Um, okay. That that one was actually called a uh, angel slash devil shipping. That's the particular trope. So appropriate. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So they're actually continue sleeping together because Mazakine is going to. She's trying to curry favor with Lucifer again by keeping tabs on Amenadiel and following him and maybe influencing him to do stuff that would benefit Lucifer and basically taking total advantage of him so what do you think happens she has a change of heart and ends up helping him out at some point yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) saves his life that's that's two for two yeah that one's called in love with the mark ah nice yeah that happens a lot okay so um a scene in the house chloe the detective female detective is showering and she hears something and she steps out in her towel and with her gun and she confronts the person in the house and it's Lucifer who is broken in so he can cook her a romantic breakfast. What do you think happens with her standing there with the towel wrapped around her with Lucifer in her house? Uh, she drops the towel accidentally? Yes. I don't know. She drops the towel and her ex-husband and her daughter walk in on them. Oh well, that would be the next thing to happen. You know, first, you would be naked with somebody you're not supposed to be naked with. And the worst two possible people are going to see you with them. So yeah, now that totally makes sense. Right? Yep. Yeah. So that's pretty much three for three. And there were other ones. But yeah, that's I mean, you could look, comb through the TV tropes and find so many that apply to storylines in Lucifer. And I'm not even halfway through the second season right now. I remember you telling me at one point, you were like, oh, you know, you've Hang a second, the cat is chewing. <laughs> in case you're, crunch, crunch, in case you're crunch, crunch. I know. I'm like, really? Right now? Now you have to eat? Mm-hmm. So you had told me at one point about one of the characters who had had a past. Yeah, it as, was actually uh, Chloe. Oh, so Chloe had a past as a. What was it? She was a porn star or a sex worker? Which uh, one was she was it? actually in a softcore porn in like a high school, you know, hot tub movie, I think. So where she had to appear okay, ah, topless. And so she's so worried about her daughter finding out about it that she keeps it from her and keeps it from her. And then she finally sits her down to tell her and make sure that she knows about it. And of course, her daughter already knows. Yep. And I was like, yeah, I figured that one was going to happen, too. So that's that's a thing that happens. And that was actually there were been a couple of things that I wanted to um, to add, because that one wasn't listed in the Lucifer section of TV tropes. I had to look this up separately. That particular trope is called Everybody Knew Already, aka The Not Secret, but it hasn't been linked to Lucifer, and I want to know, oh, how, boy, do you totally su- to. how do you submit edits to TV tropes? Because that needs to be linked in there. I'm sure they have a thing there someplace. You probably have to comb through their contact section or something, but yeah. Doing edits for fun to TV tropes, that sounds like that would be a nice way to spend <laughs> some time. Oh, I'd totally do that. That'd be awesome. It's a fascinating fascinating things too like um uh the term mega neko do you know what the m-e-g-a-n-n-e-k-k-o I think is how it's pronounced do you know what that stands for? Neko sounds like cat like the Japanese thing with cats or maniki maniki neko? I'm not sure. I may even be pronouncing it wrong, but it's a type of cute girl archetype, and it is the cute girl who wears glasses. And I just thought that was oh. really good. That's a specific thing. So, yes. Okay. Uh, Lucifer's therapist is actually one of those archetypes because she's rather cute and she wears glasses. I'm like, I like that that's an actual archetype there. <laughs> I do too. Yay <laughs> for people who wear glasses. But for all the fact that it's filled with stereotypes, there are so many fun bits and bits that actually surprise me. And that make me laugh and this random reaction shots from people. And that's probably one of the reasons why I can't stop watching is because I keep waiting for those moments. And you know, Mazikeen is surprisingly badass, so which is always fun to watch. Well, then I'll try and forgive her for the fact that she's not wearing a half mask like she's supposed to. Right? That's okay. <laughs> Leland really likes it too, but Leland is very, very fond of the police procedurals, so he thinks that's why he likes it. But Jada is also fond of the police procedurals, and she doesn't like Lucifer, so I don't know. Have either of them read the source material? Neither of them, I don't think. Okay, because really it's so, nothing yeah. to do with source. Everybody just take the source material and toss it out the window if you want to watch the TV show, because it's nothing, nothing That's like That's I here. That'll wrap us up for the week. Make sure to keep an eye out on PixlatedGeek.com. Catherine and Nathan are going to the North Carolina Comic Con in uh, Raleigh. I guess it's called... North Carolina Comic-Con Oak City. Oak City. Oak City City, Comic-Con in uh, March uh, 17th through 18th, I think. Very nice. Very cool. So that'll be getting our our convention season geared up at that point, because right after that, Jade and I and Leland are heading to WonderCon in Anaheim. And oh, and I think Stephanie, who does the unboxing videos, I believe she's going to be going to that as well. So we're all going to do the big WonderCon. Do lots of pictures. Yeah and next week we should have a welcome to night Vale episode to recap and who knows maybe other stuff happening in the nerdosphere that we'll talk about so we will see everybody in one week talk to y'all later